does that mean? I, I knew what it meant. He gets off at 5 o'clock. He gets away from there at 5 o'clock. Just like right now, you're out there thinking <laughs> 12 o'clock. And so what we really seek is the peace, joy, fulfillment that we have known before, but right now eludes us. Virtually, I doubt there's anybody in here that can't say that at some point, someday, somewhere, you, there was a day where you just like, I feel at peace. It may have been the day of your salvation. You know, I'll be honest, you know, the, the day that I, that I got saved back at Memphis State University in that dorm room, before I got saved, my life, my mind, my heart was in incredible turmoil. I was getting ready to go back out one more night and party. And the, and, and the reason that I would do that, 20 years old, at, at, uh, as a uh, sophomore or junior in Memphis State, don't really remember right now, but, I, but I, the reason I do that is because I didn't want to go to bed. I didn't want to turn out the lights. I didn't want the darkness to come. I didn't want to try to go to sleep because I was tormented by this thing called death. And, and, and buddies of mine had died, and, and, and at that age, suddenly it was just registering in my mind that I, I was not above death. I mean, you know, that, that somehow before that time at 18, 19, I just thought I was invincible. I just thought, you know, that death comes for people as you get way older, and, and, and it's, it can't come. But now the, the fact that I've recognized and I've seen that people have died at my age, and it, it, suddenly it was just tormenting me, and, and I'm there in my room, and it just, I, I, to the point that I, I'm weeping with my head in my hands and saying, why did I have to be born if I have to die? I was in torment. But a few minutes later, through a little Gideon's Bible and the Romans Road, Plan of Salvation, and just four or five verses in reading it in the back of that little Bible, as I read through those verses, and I knelt down beside my bed and in tears said, God, I don't understand it all, but I know that I'm on my way to hell, and I'm asking you to save me and take me to heaven when I die. I trust Jesus as my Savior. When I did that, and listen, I didn't understand, and any grade school kid that's grown up in church here knows more verses than I do. Brett down there, as Mike was talking about, memorizes so many verses. I'd never read the Bible. I'd never seen it. I was given a Bible when I was young, about sixth grade, and had a zipper on it, and I'm not sure I ever unzipped it. But that night, for the first time in a long, long time, I laid my head on my pillow, and I went to sleep. It was amazing. You say, well, have you had that peace ever since? No, I'm like you. There's been some days that it seemed like he won't leave me alone. He's tormenting me again. He's attacking me. He's after me to take away my spirit. Psalm 81 verse 6 says this, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou calledest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee 
in the secret place of thunder. And I thought, Lord, this is amazing. They're singing on the secret place. And the scripture that you brought me to today, this morning, was the secret place. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. Listen to this now. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thou my mouth, uh, thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. He said, look, remember me. And listen, whatever you're going through, whatever seems to oppress you, whatever seems to be just beating you down, I want you to understand God has said, if you're saved this morning, he said, listen, I've delivered you and I brought you out of Egypt. And listen, whatever you're going through, open thou your mouth and he'll fill it. This verse has been on my mind for days, and I kept thinking, Lord, I, I'm not really good at preaching these kind of messages, and I kept shoving it to the side, but God wouldn't let it go this morning. But, but all that was in my mind is I would read that, that little portion of the verse, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Is, is a picture a, a little bird in the nest, and, and you've seen it, whether you've seen it on video or you've seen it in real life. I've, I've seen it both, but a, a little bird is in the nest, and it has no ability to solve its need. It has no power to change its circumstance. It has no knowledge that will remedy its situation. It has nothing. He has only one thing that he can do and he must do. Open wide his mouth. Just open wide his mouth. And you watch mama come in there and with that food and just drop it in there. And watch this. If you've ever experienced God dropping it in, you'll do just like the little bird. Once he drops it in, you know what you're going to do? You're going to throw it open again. You know, most people don't really understand how God will do what he will do, how he will fill your mouth. Let me just, most don't understand simply because you've never allowed yourself to be in the place for God to do it. We go, we think we're going we're gonna to take the stress and pressure away by buying something more, by getting something more, by going further in debt. That's not going to take the stress and pressure away. It's when God fills your mouth. And when you've experienced God filling your mouth, it's something that you, you realize, all I have to do is open up again. Have you ever been at the point where you looked at a little child and said in your heart, or maybe out loud, old to be a child again without all the problems? Anybody ever been there? They just just run around with this endless energy. They never stop. You know what? We, we're at that point 
of the empty nest. Right. Well, the nest suddenly got filled again. But we got these little guys and little Noah. How old is Noah? Three? Three. Noah, there's sometimes, I'm telling you, somebody charged his battery somehow or another because he is just in constant motion. And I just get so tired watching him. It's just in, uh, incredible. And David, he's five, is it? David's five. I brought him here early with me. I stumbled over him 17 times. Because <laughs> everywhere I move, he's in. <laughs> everywhere I go. But you know, I look at him and I think, not a problem in the world in their little hearts. And watch this. Here's so it's so good. This is why the Lord said, you know, let them come to him because when they have a need, you know what they do? They just open their mouth. Especially David. And he doesn't open it for food. He opens it, Papa, give me some milk. Papa, give me something to eat. Papa. He just opens his mouth telling you what to do. Well, we have that opportunity today and every day. We want to say, oh, to be like a child again, but we are children of God. We may come to our Father as helpless as a little bird and open wide our mouth, and His Scripture says, He will fill it. You've got to come to Him believing that He will. That's why the little bird gets filled, because he believes if he opens his mouth, mama's going to drop something in it. That's why Noah and David come and, 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 and come to you for food, because they believe mama and daddy, pop up, they, we're going we're to give them something to eat. They're going to fill it. They believe that. They have faith. It's amazing, the faith of a child. And you know what God's needing? He's needing us to be that kind of child. And if you're tormented right now, if you feel like everything that's burdening you down and tearing you down and, and, and conflicting your soul, I'm telling you right now, all you need is to come with the faith of a child and open up your mouth and God will fill it. He'll fill it with grace. He'll fill it with comfort. He'll fill it with courage. He'll fill it with the answers you need. He'll fill it with his love. Hey. Open wide thy mouth and God will fill it. If you open wide your mouth for salvation, God will fill it. You know, there's somebody here, you're still struggling with salvation. When I'm telling you, God, if you'll open up your mouth, he'll fill it. He'll tell you, he'll show, just like he did for me at 20 years of age, I knew nothing, but God led me to those scriptures in the back of that little Gideon's Bible. And you know what he did? He filled my mouth that night. You can open wide your mouth for assurance because I got saved that way. I, I, didn't, I didn't have assurance. I didn't have anybody to teach me uh, the, the, the scriptures and, and tell me what to do or, or, or teach me anything even about uh, to be baptized, which doesn't help you go to heaven, but just uh, it, it helps you to have that assurance of who you trusted in. And, and, and nobody there to teach me, but God led me uh, to people and led me to verses that showed me. And, and I found out that what God has promised, he cannot lie. 
And open wide thy mouth for comfort. And there's some that you just, you just right now you need the comfort of God. Open wide your mouth. Open wide your mouth for provision. Joshua was sitting there this morning, walked up just real briefly before going up to sing, and I, I didn't hear it exactly, but, but he, he said somebody drove all the way from Hernando, or Hernando, Mississippi, drove all the way up here just to bring them groceries this morning. You know what? If you just trust him, he'll meet the need. I'm going to give you just an illustration and I'll be done. And again, I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know what heartache that you're facing right now. I don't know what conflict is going on in your, in your marriage, in your, in your home, with your children, with extended family, with your finances. I don't know. But I know that I've faced it through these years. And there's been some times where I just felt like they're just beating me to death. And I can't sleep and I can't get rest. And anybody understand the statement, you wake up more tired than you went to bed? And that's the way I would wake up. And I, I got to, I, I battled, most people don't really know about it, but I, for about, Ten years, I battled an illness, and for about five to six of those years, it was very, very intense. First three were horrible, almost beyond comprehension, and then the next three were intense, and it began to decrease. And, and the doctor had told me when they first diagnosed me, they said, this is a ten-year battle. And of course, I didn't believe them, you know, I well, he told me, he said, if you'll take off and do absolutely nothing for six months, you might win this. You might overcome it. You know, you got six kids. It's not the time to take off for six months. And so it was a, it ended up literally being a 10-year battle. of. But during that time period, I, I was very weak. I was going through a lot of emotional stress. It was... Uh, my mom was dying of cancer. I was not able to be there hardly at all, and that was tormenting my soul. I just, uh, I was ex extremely weak where I would just sleep for hours and hours and hours and almost like a mono, but a 10-year mono. Well, one summer we were going to travel and, and, uh, I didn't have a job for the summer, didn't have an income for the summer as a faculty member. And, we'd, and so we were just going to, we by faith, we were just going to step out and travel all summer long. And, and again, as I said, my mom that summer was, was about to die from cancer. And so we, we had a little car. And about, the, the, about a week before we were supposed to leave, I, uh, God impressed upon my heart. We had a beat-up old van that had about 200,000 miles on it, and it's what I call a see-through van. You know what I mean? You know, we had to make sure the kids were always strapped in because they'd slide out the sides. And so uh, it, it, and we were going to travel in that van, and, and the week before we were supposed to leave, God just touched my heart. And, 
And I walked up to a guy that was in my ministry, and, and I handed him the keys to, and the title to my van and said, I, I don't know why, I don't know if you even need this, but God told me to give you our van. So in a week, we're going to leave for the whole summer traveling with a family of eight in a, in a six-passenger car. And so I don't even know how we're going to do that, but about two days before we were supposed to leave, a guy took me to lunch, and while we were at lunch, uh, two men actually took me to lunch. When we walked out from eating lunch, walked out, to, and I was walking back to the car, and they said, that's not where we're going. And I turned, and, and there was a 22-and-a-half-foot motorhome that those two men had bought for us. And I was just blown away that with God's, God's provision and what God would do. And, and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I was really nervous. If, if you've ever been in that position where you've got a family uh, of eight people and you've got no income and you've got the bills at home and you're going to travel all summer, so you've got all those bills. And I was scared to death. And then I was really scared when I found out that motorhome got seven miles a gallon. <laughs> I was terrified. But I was so excited that we had this motorhome, so I took off for our first meeting. And the first meeting, I had been promised that they, there was a church that was starting, and it was only about 20 people, and they would not. They told me over and over again, we will not be able to give you anything, but will you come? And I said, yeah, we'll come. It's on the way to our first meeting. And, and so I, we went to there, and I preached three nights there, and we stayed in a little campground, called us about $12 a night, and and uh, took every little dime we had. We actually had left with $25 in our pocket and a tank full of gas. And so uh, we went through the first night, second night. Third night. People brought to us uh, enough that we could pay the third night at the campground. They brought some sacks of groceries to us so that we could cook out and cook there and the thing. And, and I thought, this is going to be a crazy summer, you know, if this is the way we're doing. And we don't have enough gas to get to the next meeting, and they're not going to give us anything. I got through with the meeting after three days. It was about 20 people there, and there's a man about 85 years old. He was sitting there, and he was one of the younger ones. And so, uh, no. But he, he walked up to me each night of the three nights, and he'd hand me a little white envelope, and I thought it was a note from him. And, and so... Uh, as we were driving away, Job said, what are we going to do? And I said, baby, I don't know. We're just going to start heading toward where we got to go uh, next. And, and, uh, and, and so uh, we were sitting there, and she opened the Bible to read it. She said, Rob, there's, uh, there's, there's some envelopes in your Bible. And I said, yeah, baby, I forgot about that. I, I, I should have read them. I haven't opened them. I said, why don't you open up and, and see what he says. And when she opened up, inside of each one of them was $250 cash. So God took us on down the road. We got there and we stopped there to see my mom. And, and for, I ended up canceling the meeting. It went for about four or five days there because she was in such, I, I really just never anticipated that she'd be in the shape that she was in because I'm gone and, and I wouldn't see it. And so I, I canceled the meeting again, you know, no income, but I canceled. I sat there and for about five days, I didn't hardly sleep. Uh, because it, she didn't sleep, and, and I would sit up with her most all the night. And, and so after five days, my dad, he said, son, you can't just stay here. You've got to go. You've got to take care of your family. And, 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 uh, and I just was so torn, but I, we, we, we took off, and we're headed from Memphis to, to, to Durham, North Carolina, so 700 miles, and, and we started out toward Nashville, about 100 miles down the road, I, could, I just couldn't go any further. I, I hadn't slept in a week, it seemed like, and, and I was driving. I told you, Beth, you got to drive, and, 
and she had never driven the motor home, and I laid down, and I, moments, I'm asleep, and, 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 and it seemed like moments more, she woke me up, and, and I woke up, and, and of course, I'm all nervous, like, you know, I've slept for just a few minutes, and, and she looked at me, and she said, it won't move, and I said, what do you mean it won't move? She said, the, the motor home won't move, and and I said, I don't understand what you're saying. She said, we were driving down the interstate, and, and it just stopped pulling. And we're on the side of the interstate. It's 104 degrees that day. And we're on the side of the interstate, halfway between Memphis and Nashville. And, and I get out there, and all that red fluid is all underneath my motorhome. And I don't know anything about, about vehicles. My brother will tell you that. I don't know anything. But I, I knew that that probably wasn't good. And so I, 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 I got, I, I'm, in, I'm in absolute torment now. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death. What am I going to do? Now, I, God gave us this motorhome. Now it's broken down, and, and, and we can't, we've been a week without meeting. Now we can't get to the next meeting, and, and I, didn't, I didn't know what in the world to do. And so I, I knew that I needed some transmission fluid, so I started looking around. There's compartments all over motorhomes. This thing's brand new to me. I don't know where they all are, and so I start looking through everything. Uh, jo Beth did what she normally did with the kids when I was in that condition. They went and hid in the back. <laughs> and so uh, I'm back there. I mean, I'm going through everything, and, and I can't find anything. I finally got to the bed where they were all sitting on in the back, and I just grabbed the mattress and yanked it up so I could look under it, and little bodies went flying everywhere. And, and, and I keep looking. Finally, I found a quart of transmission fluid. I went and I dumped it in about 30 minutes later. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I got transmission fluid all over me because I've crawled underneath here and, 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 and trying to look and, and trying to do it. And, and, and when I, uh, we, we started pulling and just barely chugging and, and it wasn't a, a half a mile. There was a, a off ramp, went down their service station and, and I thought I'd get some help here. And, and they told me this is Friday and I got to be in, Joe Best speaking on Saturday and I got to be speaking on Sunday and then Monday I got to be at a camp and, 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 and they told me they couldn't do anything for us until, until Monday morning. And I said, That's, I can't do that. And I'll be honest with you, I was in such turmoil that I just went uh, and walked away and I just began to weep. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. And the Lord pricked my heart and he said, why don't you just ask me? You know what he said? Why don't you quit trying to feed yourself and why don't you open up your mouth? And I just stopped, laid my head on the steering wheel of that motorhome and I, my kids are still hiding in the back. And I began to weep and I said, God, what do I do? And it's a lot more to this story than I'm telling today, but... That moment, God impressed upon my heart that I needed to go to Durham. I called my dad, who was sitting every moment beside mom. I called him. I went to a pay phone back then. and No, I remember I had a bag phone. But I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I'm, we're not coming home, because I'd called him and told him we were. And he said, Son, you can't drive to Durham. That's 600 more miles. You can't do that on a burn-up transmission. And I I said, I, I got to, Dad. That's what God wants us to do. And he said, but you can't. And I said, Dad, we're going we're gonna to be okay. Because I'm doing this by faith, you know. 
And then I said, with this great faith, I said, but stay close to the phone. <laughs> but that day we turned and started heading toward Durham. And Saturday evening, about 5 o'clock, 600 miles away, we pulled into Durham, North Carolina. On a transmission, when I got there, there was only two men at the church, and they were mechanics. And, and those two men, within a few hours, had our transmission out, had it to a place, told me it'd be $1,200 to fix it. And I told them, go ahead. I didn't have 15 cents. I told them, go ahead. I went to the camp on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday evening in that camp. The they came driving up the motorhome, those same two guys. They drove my motorhome, transmission fixed. Handed me a bill for $450. I said, how is it only $450? They said, man, he said, the old man said that since we pulled it out and since what you're doing, he said, as long as you'll look at this sack. And I said, what in the world's that? He pulled it out. And it was parts. He said, this man's been doing transmissions for 35 years. He wanted you to see these parts because they're the worst burn-up transmission he's ever seen. He said, it shouldn't have pulled a mile. I didn't have $450. I walked down to the camp. I walked up to the pulpit because it's time now for me to preach. Before I started, as I was getting into the introductory, the, the pastor that was heading up the camp came up from the side and he said, hold up, Brother Hooker, you didn't know this. He said, but I got an announcement to make. He said, you didn't know this, but all this week while you're here, the kids can go into the concession stand. Instead of buying a Coca-Cola or something, they've been, they've been putting 50 cents or a dollar on your transmission. Handed me an envelope. That envelope had $451. I looked at him and I said, here's the $450 to pay that bill. And I said, here's a dollar. Give those two men a Coca-Cola apiece. <laughs> I don't know what this means to you. I just know that God... If we will step out, if we will trust him, if we will believe in him, whatever the need is, he'll fill it. And I'm not just talking about money, I'm telling you. It happened last of that, that year, August the 4th. My mama went to heaven, and, and I stood up to do the hardest thing that I was going to do in my life at that time, to preach her funeral, and I couldn't go speak to anybody about it without breaking down. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it that day. Just like with my dad's, I had Jimmy McCulley on standby. I said, if I can't get the words out, you're going to have to come take over for me. And that day, I, my emotions were just gone. And I'll be honest with you, I was weak from the illness. And, and I stood up to preach. And 
Well, I'm sorry, before I stood up to preach, I had the girls come up, my three oldest, Brooke and Ashley and Heather, to sing Mom's favorite song, one that I written called Beautiful Morning, and we stood up. They got just a few words into it, and they just broke down and started crying, and I realized I'd been a fool to even have them up there. There's no way those little girls could do that with their grandmama, nanny, as they called her in front of them. And that's what God used to fill my mouth once more. Because I walked up, put my arms around them, and I said, girls, it's going to be okay. And I began to sing that song with them. And you know what God did? He didn't give me a dollar. He gave me grace. And I was able to stand and preach, and 14 people trusted Christ that day. Open wide your mouth. And God will fill it. You just got to trust Him enough to open wide your mouth. You got to quit depending on yourself to find your food. Open wide your mouth. Father, I pray that you're blessed. Dear God, I'm not sure how this might help somebody or if it'll help somebody. Lord, I'm just trying to, as best I can in my human frailty, to do what you've asked me to do. So, Father, I pray that right now that you might meet the need of someone here. And, Lord, if it's salvation, that they would come and just open wide their mouth and let you fill them with with what only you can give, and that's salvation by grace through faith. Thank you for dying for us, dear Jesus. Thank you that you arose from the grave, that you ever lived to make intercession for us. And Father, it may be assurance, and it may be, Lord, it may be just to know that you're there. And going to meet the need of the heartache, the turmoil that's in their heart right now about some loved one or some issue of life. Please bless them this morning, dear God. Please help us to be people that would just open wide our mouth. Lord, that's what I'm trying to do and say about October 29th. I just, I just want us as a church to open wide our mouth and watch you fill it. Please bless us this morning, dear God. And, and, I, and I say to you out there, if you, again, some have already spoke to me about joining a church, this would be the time if you want to come to join or if you've been saved and never been baptized and you need to, to do that, this would be time to come. If you need to come to the altar, you come as she plays. Let's all stand as she plays if you would come.
you could look up at me just for a second. I want you to uh, to know that respecter of persons. And I'm no better in the sight of God than anybody in this room. What he did for us, and that's just a sample of the ways in which he's filled our mouths. I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about God has. It, 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 when, I, when I battled the illness, there were days I just felt so weary. I used to say it, I hurt in my bones. It was so deep. To the point that I would just, I get to the point I pray, God, let me die. But at that point, crying to him and say, I can't go on if you don't help. And he would fill my mouth again. He'd give me nourishment again. But he'll do that same thing for you. He will. Just believe it. Believe it. Trust him. Trust him enough to open your mouth. See if he doesn't feel it. Let's sit down for a second. We've uh, we'll take but just a moment here, but um, may let them finish filling that up out later. But we got the the Roy Thompson family that uh, has come to join our church. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, all in favor, say aye. aye. All in favor, say amen. Hey. <laughs> amen. All right. Thank you. Uh, it's such a, Ms. Brother Roy and Miss Lois and all their kids, such a thrill to have them as members of our church. And, and I'm going to ask if you'd do this. If y'all wouldn't mind, if you'd make your way up here and just stand up here as a family and let the folks come by and shake your hand and thank you and greet you. They've been coming for a while, but now they've come to join our church, and we're Amen. thrilled about that. A very special family. been a very great encouragement to me. So, all right, Brother Allen, if you close us in prayer. Your stand will be dismissed. Lord, and we do thank you again for uh, the time that we've had together. Lord, thank you for uh, blessing our hearts, speaking to our hearts. Lord, thank you for encouraging our hearts. Lord, thank you for just knowing that you're always there for us. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll bless. Go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come by and greet the new church members.
No, we need to stand where we stand, probably. Right? Long enough for you, that helps. It's good. We just don't have two copies of music right now. Okay, so like if we're over here, you mean? Yeah, but we're using the pulpit. Huh? Wait, are we? Are we? No? Is that what you said? Around it? Yeah. I'm sorry, I was slipping on my job. Have him help. He can help. I was sleeping. <laughs> I'm not the one that does this. What did y'all do? We need to figure out where we're going to stand tonight because she's got a guitar. She, she okay, so she needs to stand for the guitar. I don't have to use one for the guitar. I wouldn't like the guitar. Why? It's loud enough. Are you sure about that? Yeah. The last when, time when they're singing and she's playing piano, you guys gonna be loud enough? I doubt it. Um, well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> last time, the last time yeah. there wasn't a. Yeah. If she's not playing, it would be fine. But not with her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're not singing or anything, right? So yeah, that will work for the guitar. We do one, but you're gonna need to stand for the mic, and then you guys can hold mics. So should we three, stand around this way? So the three we used this morning should work for you, you three. Okay. Two cordless, and uh, you're standing on this side, Miss Emily. Who's standing on this side? I know. I'm just. These two need to stand by each other. That's so, all, because they're singing the same part. So okay. we can stand on this. All right. So whoever's standing on this side needs to use this yellow mic, because it's going to be connected over there. So it's going to be the closest. Probably you on the end. Who's, who's singing your I'm melody, singing your lead? lead. I'm lead. lead. Okay, generally your lead's in the middle. If, yes. if that knows everybody I think else that can hear good. that, okay? Yeah. Okay, so you, what's your name again? Sorry. <laughs> your name. Autumn. She, she like, already knows your like, own name. I don't know my name. Uh, <laughs> Autumn, you use the yellow one, and then uh, Miss Rachel and Miss Emily can use these ones. Okay. They will actually be in here like this. Okay. This one's going to be in the middle. So for right now, can you come this way? Share we'll put them in there like that, and then I will get right something here. for Miss uh, okay, Han. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Jackie. Jackie, sorry. <laughs> You're so famous. Yeah. Uh, in about a year, you'll be so famous. Nobody will ever. <laughs> I don't know that I want fame. <laughs> All right, you got. You no, can that's start not mine. So. <sighs> 
Can you see this, Autumn, or do you not need the music? I don't. You don't? Okay. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's put this I'm just glad it's in tune already. Okay. Let's put this. Whoa. Yeah. We got some great microphones. Maybe Joel will find some storage units. We actually found one of these at the last house. Hello. Sure. Thank you. Yes, uh, oh, man. God's a That's right. <laughs> David made it. Go ahead. I'll, I'll find him. one more
want to do it, just don't do it. Gonna... Sorry, we're going to go back and change that. I found another one over there. All right, now let me see if I can get your microphones on. Sounds good. I've done parts like that before, and then I've actually done it, and I was like, oh, that's in the world. Um, step right in so that the sound is both on your microphone, your voice, and on the guitar. If it needs to be Would you guys just want to hold the music, and we'll just have the stand since you've got the guitar? Yeah, can you like tilt it a little so I can see this page? Because I can't see. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's better. Just tilt it up. Okay. That that's better. I can awesome. see it now. Yay. Just need to get them some music. I'm so sorry. Why are we so far back? We were working with five. Because the guitar. Because we're circle. She should be level with, like, on the stage with where she's at. So she should not be up. Well, if we move everything forward just a little bit, we can put our music on. Yeah, the I think we can. And yeah, and we're like right up on these guys back oh, here, yeah. so it's like I'm about to sit on their left or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Hello. This. Can you move right. that stand closer? Hi. Just the bottom of it. There you are. Hi. It's Rachel. Okay. Well, that one's working. Boom. Yeah, hers is on. Hers is on. Mine is not on. The I have the white mic. mic is not working. The white mic is still not working. Turn on. Turning on. Oh, we're on. Yay. Okay. Yes, sir. Testing. Okay. <laughs> That's a wonderful sound. The cordless call is red. This one's yellow. Red this and one's yellow? red. It says yellow and red, so it's both. It's yellow up top and red okay. right here. That one's on. Try mic's on. Testing. Okay, that one's on. working. <laughs> Everybody's on. Is it on? Yeah. Yes, sir. what you're saying. I don't get it. <laughs> you want this one closer. Do you want uh, this one on your face and that one on your guitar?
And it's falling. <laughs> that screw needs to be tightened. Where is it? We don't have a screw. We don't have a screwdriver, but it got tightened in for a reason. The key would work just fine. Or yeah. Our keys. Hide in your presence, O 
are we sitting now in the park? We are, but we might not. You? We might not be together. I know there's two of them. I'm like trying to figure out why I can't get it turned on when I remove it turned on. Can you hear anything? No, you got to do it because there's two of you. Maybe it's a little. I'm trying to get it down a little bit. Okay. Do you think there should just be one or Is it too strong? Should I just do melody? Because I can do melody. Okay. 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 I can't. No, I, have the, I, can, I can't get the confidence it's, to actually hit it the way I want to. So I, I, I would be scared to do it. Yeah, I can do it in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just don't have like the confidence to do it. Up here. You want to try it one more time? You can do it one more time. Okay. One more time. Everyone's good. Rachel, maybe when you're doing the reading part, take it your mic down here. And shelter me, as opposed to and shelter me. Yeah. That sounds yeah, better. Actually. Yeah, just pull it away. No, not the. Are you sure? Are you sure? What? That would be me. That's me. I'll just hold it out here and be like. No. It's supposed to be quiet. Oh. If I if I want, then it is gonna be dead. So I'll try. I'll try one more time. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. Let's try it one more time. But not so much that they can't hear you. Yeah. Like here? Is here good? Yeah, here's good. However far you did it here. And shelter me. And shelter me. And shelter me. And shelter me.
Oh 